Chapter 2 The early morning light of autumn reflected off of the green surface of the inner moat of the Imperial Palace. September's stifling heat was finally fading. Kazuyuki Asakawa was halfway down to the subway platform, but suddenly had a change of heart. He wanted a closer look at the water he'd been looking at from the ninth floor. It felt like the filthy air of the editorial offices had filtered down here to the basement levels, like dregs settling to the bottom of a bottle. He wanted to breathe outside air. He climbed the stairs to the street. With the green of the palace grounds in front of him, the exhaust fumes generated from the confluence of the Number 5 expressway and the ring road didn't seem so noxious. The brightening sky shone in the cool of the morning. Asakawa was physically fatigued from having worked all night, but he wasn't especially sleepy. The fact that he'd completed his articles stimulated him and kept his brain cells active. He hadn't taken a day off for two weeks and planned to spend today and tomorrow at home, resting up. He was just going to take it easy, on orders from the editor-in-chief. He saw an empty taxi coming from the direction of Kudanshita, and he instinctively raised his hand. Two days ago, his subway commuter pass from Takabashi to Shinbaba had expired, and he hadn't bought a new one yet. It cost 400 yen to get to his condominium in Kitashinigawa from here by subway, while it cost nearly 2,000 yen to go by cab. He hated to waste over 1,500 yen, but when he thought of the three transfers he'd have to make on the subway, and the fact that he'd just gotten paid, he decided he could splurge just this once. Asakawa's decision to take a taxi on this day and at this spot was nothing more than a whim, the outcome of a series of innocuous impulses. He hadn't emerged from the subway with the intention of hailing a cab. He'd been seduced by the outside air at the very moment that a taxi had approached with its red, vacant lamp lit, and in that instant the thought of buying a ticket and transferring through three separate stations seemed like more effort than he could stand. If he hadn't taken the subway home, however, a certain pair of incidents would almost certainly never have been connected. Of course, a story always begins with such a coincidence. The taxi pulled to a hesitant stop in front of the palace-side building. The driver was a small man of about forty, and it looked like he too had been up all night his eyes were so red. There was a color mugshot on the dashboard with the driver's name, Mikio Kimura, written beside it. Kita Shinagawa, please. Hearing the destination, Kimura felt like doing a little dance. Kitashinagawa was just past his company's garage in Higashi Gotanda, and since it was the end of his shift, he was planning to go in that direction anyway. Moments like this, when he guessed right and things went his way, reminded him that he liked driving a cab. Suddenly, he felt like talking. You covering a story? His eyes bloodshot with fatigue. Asakawa was looking out the window and letting his mind drift when the driver asked this. Eh? he replied, suddenly alert, wondering how the cabbie knew his profession. 
You're a reporter, right? For a newspaper. Yeah. They're a weekly magazine, actually. But how did you know? Kimura had been driving a taxi for nearly 20 years, and he could pretty much guess a fair's occupation depending on where he picked them up, what he was wearing, and how he talked. If the person had a glamorous job and was proud of it, he was always ready to talk about it. It must be hard having to work this early in the morning. No, just the opposite. I'm on my way home to sleep. Well, you're just like me then. Asakawa usually didn't feel much pride in his work. But this morning, he was feeling the same satisfaction he'd felt the first time he'd seen an article of his appear in print. He'd finally finished a series he'd been working on, and it had drawn quite a reaction. Is your work interesting? Yeah, I guess so, said Asakawa noncommittally. Sometimes it was interesting, and sometimes it wasn't. But right now, he couldn't be bothered to go into it in detail. He still hadn't forgotten his disastrous failure of two years ago. He could clearly remember the title of the article he'd been working on. The New Gods of Modernity In his mind's eye, he could still picture the wretched figure he had cut as he'd stood quaking before the editor-in-chief to tell him he couldn't go on as a reporter. For a while, there was silence in the taxi. They took the curve just left of Tokyo Tower at a considerable speed. Excuse me, said Kimura. Should I take the canal road or the number one Keihin? One route or the other would be more convenient depending on where they were going in Kitashinagawa. Take the expressway. Let me out just before Shinbaba. A taxi driver can relax a bit once he knows precisely where his fare is going. Kimura turned right at Fuda no Tsuji. They were approaching it now. The intersection Kimura had been unable to put out of his mind for the past month. Unlike Asakawa, who was haunted by his failure, Kimura was able to look back at the accident fairly objectively. After all, he hadn't been responsible for the accident so he hadn't had to do any soul-searching because of it. It was entirely the other guy's fault, and no amount of caution on Kimura's part could have warded it off. He'd completely overcome the terror he had felt. A month. Was that a long time? Asakawa was still enthralled to the terror he'd known two years ago. Still, Kimura couldn't explain why. Every time he passed this place, he felt compelled to tell people about what had happened. If Komura glanced in his rearview mirror and saw that his fare was sleeping, then he would give up. But if not, then he'd tell every passenger without exception everything that had occurred. It was a compulsion. Every time he'd go through that intersection, he was overcome by a compulsion to talk about it. The damnedest thing happened right here, about a month ago. As though it had been waiting for Kimura to begin his story, the light in the intersection changed from yellow to red. You know, a lot of strange things happen in this world. Kimura tried to catch his passenger's interest by hinting in this way at the nature of his story. Asakawa had been half asleep, but now he lifted his head suddenly and looked around him frantically. He had been startled awake by the sound of Kimura's voice and was now trying to figure out where they were. Is sudden death on the increase these days? 
among young people, I mean. Eh? The phrase resonated in Asakawa's ears. Sudden death, Kimura continued. Well, it's just that... I guess it was about a month ago. I'm right over there, sitting in my cab, waiting for the light to change, and suddenly this motorbike just falls over on me. It wasn't like he was moving and took a spill. He was standing still, and suddenly, wham! And what do you think happened next? Oh, the driver, he was a prep school kid, 19 years old. He died, the idiot. Surprised the hell out of me, I could tell you that. So there's an ambulance, and the cops, and then my cab... He banged into it, you see. Quite a scene, I tell you. Asakawa was listening silently, but as a 10-year veteran reporter, he'd developed an intuition about things like this. Instinctively, he'd made note of the driver's name and the name of the cab company. The way he died was a little weird, too. He was desperately trying to pull off his helmet. I, I mean, just trying to rip it off. Lying on his back and thrashing around. I went to call the ambulance, and by the time I got back, he was stiff. Where did you say this happened? Asakawa was fully awake now. Right over there. See? Kimura pointed to the crossing in front of the station. Shinagawa Station was located in the Takanawa area of Minato Ward. Asakawa burned this fact into his memory. An accident there would have fallen under the jurisdiction of the Takanawa precinct. In his mind, he quickly worked out which of his contracts would give him access to the Takanawa police station. This was when it was nice to work for a major newspaper. They had connections everywhere, and sometimes their ability to gather information was better than the police bureaus. So, they called it a sudden death? He wasn't sure if that was a proper medical term. He asked in a hurry now, not even realizing why this accident was striking such a chord with him. It's ridiculous, right? My cab was totally stopped. He just went and fell on it. It was all him. But I had to file an accident report, and I came this close to having it show up on my insurance record. I tell you, it was a total disaster out of the blue. Do you remember exactly what day and time this all happened? <laughs> you smell a story? Uh, September. Let me see. Fourth or fifth must have been. Time was just around 11 at night, I think. As soon as he said this, Kimura had a flashback. The muggy air. The pitch black oil leaking from the fallen bike. The oil looked like a living thing as it crept toward the sewer. Headlamps reflected off its surface as it formed viscous droplets and soundlessly oozed into the street drain. That moment when it had seemed like his sensory apparatus had failed him. And then the shocked face of the dead man, head pillowed on his helmet. What had been so astonishing anyway? The light turned green. Kimura stepped on the gas. From the back seat came the sound of a ballpoint pen on paper. Asakawa was making notes. Kimura felt nauseated. Why was he recalling it so vividly? He swallowed the bitter bile that had welled up and fought off the nausea. Now, what did you say the cause of death was? Asked Asakawa. Heart attack. 
Heart attack. Was that really the coroner's diagnosis? He didn't think they used that term anymore. I'll have to verify that, along with the date and time, murmured Asakawa as he continued to make notes. In other words, there were absolutely no external injuries? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely none. It was just the shock. I, I mean, I'm the one who ought to be shocked, right? Eh? Uh, well, I mean, the stiff. He had this look of complete shock on his face. Asakawa felt something click in his mind. At the same time, a voice in him denied any connection between the two incidents. Just a coincidence. That's all. Shinbaba Station on the Keihin Kyuko light rail line loomed up in front of them. At the next light, turn left and stop there, please. The taxi stopped and the door opened. Asakawa handed over 2,000 yen notes along with one of his business cards. My name's Asakawa. I'm with the Daily News. If it's alright with you, I'd like to hear about this in more detail later. Okay by me, said Ikimura, sounding pleased. For some reason, he felt like that was his mission. I'll call you tomorrow, or the day after. Uh, do you want my number? Never mind. I wrote down the name of your company. I see it's not far away. Asakawa got out of the taxi and was about to close the door when he hesitated for a moment. He felt an unnameable dread at the thought of confirming what he'd just heard. Maybe I'd better not stick my nose into anything funny. It could just be a replay of the last time. But now that his interest had been aroused, he couldn't just walk away. He knew that all too well. He asked Kimura one last time. The guy. He was struggling in pain, trying to get his helmet off, right? 